All right, it is Thursday, April 22nd. Earth Day, lot going on. And why can't we be friends, John? I think I think we should all be a little more friendly to each other. Here's Rigo. How old's that song? I am guessing 70, 72-ish. That's right, Todd. That's 50 years ago, approximately. Yeah. Didn't work then, doesn't work now. <laughs> Be friends? Are you crazy? It ain't happening. Well, it, it is fascinating. On, Some of the groups it. like War, yeah, Sly and the Family Stone, yeah. some of the same themes oh, yeah. that they were writing, singing about, and we were jamming to. Still you don't mean Edward Starr. War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. And guess what? That ain't working either. <laughs> no. None of that stuff works. No. You know what? They're all sentiments. It's all sentiments. There's no reality to this. It stuff. is uh, pretty By the way, stunning. I got a question for you. Yes, sir. How many masks... You know, COVID mask, virus mask, do you have in your car? Uh, a stack of the blue dogs over there. The blue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, only about two now. I Only about only about two of those. Only because, two, meaning that you used to have more? Yeah. Just, you know, it's kind of like these you stack up like empty water bottles. But Tell I, me about but it. But I, I, I only got the one, this one, this one now. And since this is uh, whatever, it's neoprene or whatever it is. Neoprene? It's, you it's, can't breathe it's through neoprene, comfortable. <laughs> It's doing you, nothing. You have to breathe around the sides, which means it's, it's doing it's, absolutely it's nothing. We know that, and so, but it, you know, it's you're conforming. It's easier. It looks better. So this, I stick with this. It's probably got more infectious diseases in it now. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with now nah, no virus. COVID. What was I going to say? What I do get my you're shot in compliance. Today. You're in compliance. One hundred percent. Got to comply. Yeah. No, I I, I agree Not with that. But I, but I happen to notice somebody. I, I parked out in front, and I happen to notice somebody's car was sitting beside me, and they had across their dashboard at least eight to ten masks, all different. You know, they weren't they weren't you know for the, styling for different you know. And maybe, you know, you notice that outfits. you know there's different people that you know that the speaker of the house has a different mask on every time. You see them on yeah, it's TV. It's color coordinated. Got to go yeah, with the outfit. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. I mean, what this goes with everything. Hospital blue and, and black. <laughs> I mean, come on, Hospital it goes with blue. everything. Exactly. Uh, but I thought I'm thinking this is one of those things where a year ago you couldn't find these things, right? No. And now everybody's got like ten of them in their car. So another, if you were in this business making these things, masks, and now you've got all kinds of different people have come into the market with the new and improved. I mean, they're all over. The, they've got. Have you seen the one that basically makes you look like Kid Shaleen? <laughs> Just goes over your nose. Remember him and Kid Jolene and his brother, the bad guy, Cat Blue? He had that little silver cap over yeah. his nose. Yeah. That's what he must have started the whole craze. They thought of that. But yeah, I'm just saying is that everybody's got one out there. Now, the one you don't want to get is the Andy Reid mask. Because if you recall during the playoffs, he had a junk mask. It looked like he had got it from you know Chippendales. That he had it on there. It looked like more than a nose and lips went into his. And he looked like he had some food in there. And, and that's another thing. And he was snacking. It looked like a feed bag on yes. a horse. <laughs> the carriages up in Central Park I used to walk by they had all those carriages with horses, and then the horse would be standing there with a feed bag yeah, on. That and was with Andy. Andy, it could have been a feed bag. Well, he started out with the foggy mask right at the beginning of the season. Yes. He couldn't see anything. Right, right, exactly. Well, he progressed. He progressed into a feeding mask. He did good. By the way, I got, uh, and I've done this. Is my third one. I've got. I got a massage yesterday. Now this isn't the kind of patty cake massage you get, <laughs> and I know what you get because I got one over there. The guy that you know that I was going. He was speaking Chinese, and I'm going. He's awfully close in my face. Is he? <laughs> 
and he's rubbing real close. It's like well, very thorough. Our Chinese was, brothers, yeah, huh? But you're but but you're good with that. I was okay with it, kind of. But if I'd felt better if I understood where are we going with it. But <laughs> but no, this massage I got yesterday. This guy, he's the real deal. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, you know, people always. Will ask me a lot of times when I'm not giving a speech, you know, you throw it open to Q and Q and A, and you've been there sometimes. There, you always get that question. Hey, Rego, who hit you the hardest? Now, my usual used to be standard pat line was my ex-wife. But boom, boom, but boom, boom. Yeah, that was it. And of course, my present wife went. Mm, that's not a good line. You know, so you, you need to change. eliminate that from the action. I can tell you now, the Dick Butkus, uh, Harry Carson, uh, Lawrence Taylor, Randy White, at all. They got nothing on my masseuse. Oh, really? Oh, I'm going to tell you something. Now, you've never had... I think I told you about this. There's a, pro, there's a process or a protocol called rolfing. Yeah. It's about 10 sessions. Did you go through it? Well, I, I no, I was never bold enough, but I read up on it when it first came out like 25, 30 years ago. When I, that's probably You're kind of like separating the, the, the muscles. The fascia, the fascia yes. on the muscles, which everything... That's the little sack, I guess, that, oh. the, that the muscle goes in. But let me tell you something. I have gone... ten. It's probably been 15 years ago when I lived in New York City. I had, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to get Rolfed because it's supposed to be a once in a lifetime deal, basically. You do it and you're good to go. And I, you know, and, and they work on a different area every time. And like I said, there's 10 sessions, what I recall. I think it was 10. And you, there were moments where you go, you can't, and I have a good friend of mine that started it, and he said he had, you know, it was like a 110, 15 pound lady that was Rolfing. Just him. getting in there. And, he had to, he he said that's it stop I'm done. <laughs> Uncle he, he called he, he tapped out he called the gym. he tapped out he tapped out yeah <laughs> it was like and I and I knew that before I started rolfing, and this guy was where you were going and the secret if there's a secret for me there's two of them really that I find where you can get a little bit of relief. One is where you you absolutely have to be in your head that the focus is to let it go. Relax, relax, because your tendency is to, to tighten up your muscles. Sure. And you got to go with it. Otherwise, I think it makes work. And the other one I found yesterday when I was really at, I was I was this close from tapping out. I was, <laughs> was there a little I, tear I, in the big guy? I'm going to tell you. You're starting to get a little, you, you know, a little you, misty? You'd know this, too, because when you got your deal with your alveoli or whatever yeah. it's called, <laughs> uvula, when you got that thing, that's like a pasta alveoli. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when you got that, you'd know because in, when you get real severe pain coming on, at least for me anyway, you'll start to feel this really light, clammy sweat start to develop. Oh, yeah. You know, when you get to yeah. that, and I could feel it. I could just feel all, your whole body almost just starts to bloom with perspiration. Where was he hitting you? The top of my thigh. Oh. And he had an elbow. I didn't look because I was like, I, I was just like, I gotta make it go away. Make so he's giving away. you the flying cocoa drop with the elbow. <laughs> it was he might as well have been WWE. <laughs> no, but he put the elbow in. I'm pretty sure it had to be the elbow. And was, you know, and they and literally, I think I've got a bone bruise on my. <laughs> I think my femur has a bone bruise on it today. And you know, it was like he, he went like, you know, he'd go on. He, he kept moving it like you know maybe a quarter of an inch, like four centimeters. He'd move it off to one side and then he'd you know you go he'd rake it and then he'd come back and he'd move it another four centimeters maybe three and he'd rake you and you know this was about four times five times we got to the point where i'm thinking if he goes that again i'm gonna say <laughs> i can't i'm done and this is just my right leg so i'm thinking he knows 
He's in the. He knows he's in the spot. Well, he can probably tell by he, your yeah. Mind. He can, he can feel, and he's like, oh, it's getting good now. Yeah, and you know, I've never done it, and I don't know anything about it. But I think that you know, if you talk to somebody who's a skilled masseuse and or a Rolf or whatever, they actually can feel the knots. Yes. They feel the knot, and that's. But I'm thinking, is that in your imagination, <laughs> or is it a real knot there? Because I'm thinking, I'm an expert. I got this. Yeah, because I'm going. I don't feel no knot. <laughs> there must be a knot there. He goes, he just can't work. And so I'm thinking. Then you know, a little bit later, he starts on the left leg, and I'm going. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know about this, and. Thank God the left leg must not have had any knots in it because I went, oh, that wasn't bad. Your at body all. was speaking to him. Yeah. And he, fe- you know, he read the defense. He read it. <laughs> he did. But I got to tell you something, Todd. That was like unbelievable. It really was. And there was a moment when I took a breath. I, you know, I took a deep breath when he was working that right leg. And actually, I got for a second there, there was a moment of relief. It's shocking how a deep breath like that gave. But then right away, it came right back. I mean, you couldn't. You couldn't breathe fast enough. I'd have was been that hy- yesterday? I'd have been hyperventilating. Yes. <laughs> you know, one of those jobs. So, yeah, that was an interesting experience. And then this is the capper. I was literally, literally like you hear somebody talk about a dish rag where you, you just, and it just drops in a pile. He would take my legs after that. And literally, I was amazed because I had, I had nothing. I told him, I said, I said, Keith, I said, it feels like my head is separated from my body. The legs aren't your legs. <laughs> but I got, it's like I didn't, I didn't know I had a body because he'd pick up my leg and it would just, you know, there was nothing. Wow. I had no, there was not a muscle in my body that could contract or was contracted. Maybe he could separate the muscles from the bone. <laughs> I've never been so relaxed in my life. It was uncanny. And so, you know, he leaves and I had a few things to do, literally. He left, uh, we started at two, he left about quarter after three, I think it was, something like that. So I had to hurry it up and go get Coco from school. And it was almost like all I could do was like finishing up a marathon. All I could do to get Coco home. And I like, you know, look like Superman laid out diving for the couch. I mean, I crashed for about, I, I was so exhausted. I literally felt like I had had one of the, you know, like I had been down lifting weights for an hour and a half, yeah, you know, like, like bench pressing 400 pounds and that kind of, I was, I was spent. It was unbelievable how tired that made me. Well, didn't you about instant sleep a year, year and a half ago, didn't you see a chiropractor and, yeah. and, and you were telling me how awesome that was and, and, and well, how it, <laughs> well, it was different, but yeah. It was literally, I went down there on all the way down my, my lower left back. And I've got this stuff in my neck I've had for like 15 years now. Just where, you know, in the beginning, when it first started, we've all had that thing. I say the elbow. I think there's other joints. But for sure, you ever try to straighten your elbow and it kind of, and it kind of hurts and all of a sudden you push a little more and there's a little pop kind of? All day long. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it feels fine. Yeah. In other words, you start to, fo- and you can't, and you force it, and it's good. Yep. My neck used to be the same way. I'd turn it to the right, and I'd go, I'd catch, and then I'd turn a little bit more, and all of a sudden, you'd hear a pop, or you'd feel it. And then I'm going, oh, okay. Next, like, just like somebody gave it a shot of oil. Well, years ago, back in 2007, I think it was, I went like this, and there was no pop. And, <laughs> and, it did, and, it, and then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, God. You know, it was like the bearings were shot, because all of a sudden, I had pain that goes all the way up. And it's been like that for years. Well, the so, occupation so, was kind of hazardous to your health. No, that's what I figured out. I figured that out. <laughs> but I tell people, and for the most part, I go, yeah, but I was smart enough to know to keep my face out of it. 
keep my head away from it. I, you know, in other words, as far as whenever there was, I mean, there's times where you can't, you can't predict people are coming from all angles and they're attacking you. But I never attacked anybody with my head. Right. That so never just, lowered it as a battering ram. And no. And I saw I saw Earl Campbell do it before. I mean, he just almost he almost put a hole in Isaiah Robertson years ago. Wow. If you have seen that tackle, yeah. he hits him, and I mean, he just he, Isaiah Robertson just explodes. And let me tell you, <laughs> Isaiah Robertson was no cream puff himself. No. You know, he was an all day lolly. Yeah. The Earl. Yeah. Earl was a battering was a ram. He was like the perfect. When you think about it, just the per. I mean, if you if you model a running back. He was like the ideal, perfect shape, the whole thing, because he had the perfect height. I don't know. I bet Earl would press to get to be six feet. I'm thinking he's probably five ten, five eleven. But he and you know he wasn't so wide, which I think is probably also you know the ideal prototypical. You don't want a big, you know they say you know all stud and yard wide. But you, he was deep. Yeah, right. You know, he was <laughs> like a, he was like a spear. Thick. <laughs> yeah, he was thick. But anyway, we got off on that. So anyway, so the neck, you know, that's why I was getting the massage. And and actually, I feel like there is some there is clearly something what's going on because I was in therapy for six weeks this fall, and I found and 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 that that helped some I think, but in three sessions with him in three weeks four weeks I think that I've done more than I than I've actually been able to do in the therapy. So. So Bodies. Keith is working, but I'm telling you, it ain't, you know, you're going, eh, I guess we'll get so my you got massage. more sessions. Huh? What do you got? Eight oh, more? yeah, every, every Wednesday I got him lined so up. So a different body part. No, well, he, yeah, we did. He did, it's like, you know, whatever he's thinking that day and what he's looking at, he, he adjusts. It's not the same massage you get every day, which is good. 14 years in the league? Me, yes. 14. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one year, this... And one year off for bad behavior. <laughs> It was self-imposed. Yeah. Self-imposed. Exactly. exactly so mind. so let this be a lesson for a couple guys. What's that? Alex Smith just retired. 16 years. But I think he played 14 over 16 years because he did sit out, uh, I believe, two complete seasons. He did. Um, with injury. With injuries, obviously. But he still got Washington. the credit. He did. And, uh, and Jordan Reed. Yeah, I saw that Jordan Reed. And did. so, you know, as we talked about the, uh, the journey of Alex Smith last year and – the ups and downs and the trials and the tribulations and the, uh, you know, just miraculous comeback to even suit up and yeah. and take some snaps and do the well, best that he could. You know, it's hard to believe, but this team won five games and lost right. one while he was able to play. It's one of those deals where, you know, once again, it's kind of like, I don't know if that's, you know, how you never say anything negative about somebody once they've passed i mean there are people who do but you don't do it in public but you know you look at this and you kind of go well the defense was playing pretty good back in that i mean it was a defensive football team for the <clears> most <throat> part i think so in other words to say i guess you know that's not even the point when you think about it it's not even the point of where sure the hollywood storybook ending is washington goes to the super bowl alex smith is the mvp of the super bowl last year and it's like Oh, I don't believe I. Right. I don't believe I just witnessed right. what I mean. There is there is a deity out there yeah. that is that is deigned to give him favor. But the fact that what you just said, the fact that he was able to come back from what he had and get on a football field, it, it really it, it's it, I don't know where I fe- I don't know how I feel about this because I think there's more than one lens that you can view this through. In other words, his 
his determination. I, that you have to, I mean, he's, that's beyond A+. Plus. It's, that is off the charts, his determination. You have, and, that, and he gets tremendous credit for that. His motivation for wanting to do that escapes me uh, because I, based on what I know, and that is that, you know, that certainly he had a made hand financially, for sure, and you factor in that it's, you know, that whether it, it, it is a more sanitized game now than it was 30, 40 years ago, but still a dangerous game, you know, when you think of danger. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely. It, it, you know, it, the business model is still. If you are a healthy quarterback, it, it's dangerous. And if you're the one that's by the water hole and you're walking with a limp. And so. When you factor that in at that age, that you still have this burning desire to get back out there and prove to people. I mean, I don't know exactly. Once again, that's where that's where and that's where I've kind of felt like it can be considered foolhardy. What he did is this really a role model for? Are you a role model in this situation? Where are you a positive role model? I mean, one has to be able to, you know, I think we have a psychology here that you, and that, and, and the same, as you say this, you have to be careful because it's different for everybody. Right. But where, you know, you can overcome anything. Well, there's a truth, but, but for what's the point of it? What's the end game? What's the purpose? To go out and avail yourself to even more danger? It would seem like the fact that he got himself back in a position to where he could go out and he could play and he could do things normally and he was he you know you'd proved a lot at that point to go out and risk that you know something really even more severe perhaps more catastrophic uh i to me like i said what is that a good example i don't know the answer to that right. i mean to me it's a question i can't tell from my perspective i'm going i think that's a dangerous precedent to set if we look at like we're supposed to athletes or anybody in that, for that matter, that this is a this is an example that you set for other people, and and I believe uh, Alex Smith said that he did it for his children, right? That he wanted them to know to never quit. And you know, how can you? He's a father. I'm a father. I'm going. That's his take on it. I'm not going to argue with it. But would if it were would have been me. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going, I've got financial security. This is a dangerous game. I've, I've had a very severe injury here. Why would I want to, you know, why would I want to go out and risk this further? At that point is where Alex and Smith and I separate. And I'm thinking the fact that I've gotten myself back to where I've gotten to where I can walk and I'm back to as normal as I'm going to be considering the injury I had, I would say, okay, I've had enough and that, but once again, this is a personal choice you have to make, uh, and I don't know if your if your children go, God, my dad, he's capable of anything. It's really I'm always going to fall in that. Where you actually do things that in the big if you step back away from it far enough, you can go well, that actually could be detrimental sure. to your health. Sure. I mean, he was very fortunate that first game. My God, I guess Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald will never forget the collective breath that's this entire area. Yeah, anybody I mean, everybody. Was, it, right. No matter how you felt about him, you just it was it was a, a car wreck waiting to happen with probably the number one defensive player in the league 
on his back. Nobody, yeah, and nobody, anybody you talk to that watched that game, they'll, everybody will tell you the same. I had one of the doctors that was on the sidelines, had to, I spoke with him here a while back, that, and he said then after this over with, in his mind, the, the career was over with. And, and, but at the same time, when he came back and he went and got the game and he's, and he's in the game, and this Donald jumps on his back, it was like he was horrified. Right. And, I, and there's not a person you can talk to, I don't think, Todd, that is privy to or, you know aware of all the things that went on in the last couple of years with Alex Smith and then his getting into the game. I don't think there's a person, anybody, can tell you that they weren't just sitting. It was... You, I don't know exactly what the right word for it is, but you were anticipating something, that a crash that was getting ready to happen that you could not fathom, that you're thinking, why am I having to be a sub? So to it's going to be bad. We all felt it was going to be bad. Yeah, in other words, and that's where you go, if that's how people felt, then you have to think, then you go, what was the intelligence behind that? Well, and, it, and that's I what, just, well, and like you say, John, he made... Alex in his career, one hundred eighty-nine million seven hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay, amongst you know hundred millionaire, hundred errors. Let's round it up to one hundred ninety million. One hundred ninety million. So obviously, money's not the motivation. He's Shouldn't getting. Be. He's getting paid. Well, he's getting paid regardless. So I. Yeah. And the fact that we talked about, they took up a valuable roster spot. A valuable roster spot for a 35-year-old quarterback coming off an injury that the team didn't even believe he could come back from. And he did get a free pass on his play because of the, of the feel-good notion and the portion of that. Because if he was judged through any other lens other than this guy and everything he's been through, exactly. so let's cut him some it was slack. True, it was true grading on the curve. No question about it. And, it, and to me, it was – at what point is it irresponsible – for a team, an organization, protecting the players from themselves in a situation like this, which we'll get into Jordan Reed, who retired yesterday, because and Jordan's only 30. But Jordan's had over seven, at least seven concussions, and, you know, he, he's never played more than 14 games in a season. Three times he played in 10 or fewer. Now, Jordan, he was seven seasons with Washington and last year with San Francisco, and he's racking it up at 30. Jordan Reed, he and surprisingly, Jordan. I thought he actually made more money, and again, this is a ton of money. But in the as a professional football player, Jordan Reed made. Uh, I'm going to round that up to thirty-four million dollars. So it, it's like a boxer and a trainer when you know you get concussed too many times, or you got to throw in the towel because your guy doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. And that's what Alex Smith kind of felt like for a lot of people. Uh, we didn't want to see this, see this be tragic. And, okay, so he pulled that part of it off. The play, he did the best he could, and what you said, he was grading he, well, on the curve. Well, he was handicapped. There's yeah. no question and, about and, it. And clearly, From what the, he used to be. the more he played, the worse it got because the leg was the leg's never going to respond. And I'm thinking the leg finally wore out. Right. You know, he had, what, six games in him, and then towards the end, when they you know, were getting closer and closer to the playoff situation, the leg finally just wore out, and Which there was nothing he could do. Paved the way for the legend of uh, yeah. But and then and then you know Heineke. then I think this is where it gets kind of goofy. On the one hand, where then what the mystery that developed right afterwards of well I don't know I think maybe I'm going to come back and try it again next year right oh you know and then his former coach 
out in Utah. Urban Meyer down Urban in Jacksonville. Meyer, oh, well, this is a natural place for him to go, to go down and be a backup and help cultivate, you know, the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence. Well, maybe Trevor Lawrence, everybody's thinking. Um, you know, that was the obvious thing there. So that went on for a long enough time. And, of course, he made the circuit on all the TV shows for the most part. And he did? I, I, and I don't, you know, increasing, you know, you, you, this is what you got to kind of look at where, you have to understand that somebody that's on top of it and gets it, and I think Alex Smith is one of those guys, it's all about branding. So, you know, at the tail end here, you know, he's a he's one of those guys. And and I think quarterbacks tend to be more of these of this ilk that they are they're very conscious of their brand and they know they know how to keep it out there. And I think that that's what you were seeing. Politicians. Politicians. Yeah, that's another word for it. Actually. Politicians. And I, you know, they're actually they're in between management and labor. They're they're that that that's the only position. I told this to somebody the other day that a quarterback on the football team is very close to management. He's almost like in between. I'm sure between because unless you have and even the head coach, even if it's a defensive head coach, I'm sure there's conversations going on. The quarterback, I would suppose, on most teams, potentially. Is the team snitch as well? If there's something going on in the locker room he doesn't like, what's he gonna do? Hey, you didn't hear this from me, but Riggins, exactly. I'm just saying. You should have smelled his breath yesterday morning, as my dad said after the alumni dance when I was in the eighth grade when I was vomiting in the bedroom. <laughs> Smells like a brewery in here. Well, let's face it. I mean, the quarterback position, and Alex Smith. He was groomed and was a superstar quarterback at every level of his life. As many of these, well, in college too. I mean, yes, Utah, yes, well, Utah. I believe they went on to USC, okay, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Right. But I believe, <laughs> I believe I they went twelve and zero. I believe they won the Fiesta Bowl under him. I, but they did stuff that they were not expected to do. Who did they beat? Is that where the kid? Uh, is that the game where the kid uh, proposed on the sidelines after the game to his fiance or to his then fiance? Do you remember? I that? remember there that. There was one. There was some I, I, game I remember that. that did they I, beat Oklahoma? I, I don't know, John. They did beat somebody. But 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 uh, again, sure Urban Meyer's the coach, and they're with them, yeah. so which paved the way for everybody. So even at that level of school. They out they outperformed and they yeah, got they, the notoriety, they were, they were which led him to be the number one number one draft choice. Yeah. yeah. So so many of these quarterbacks. Listen, we know this. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one, right? He's going. And, and that position, it in in the way with today's recruitment, and it starts at junior high school and the high school. You can go on right now, and they've identified the top one hundred quarterbacks, top fifty quarterbacks. In it the is country. Cooper Manning's son who is the number one quarterback prospect in high school right now, Cooper Manning's son. And that would be the grandson of Archie Manning. Correct. And he, I believe he's only a sophomore, sophomore or junior, and he is the number one rated high school quarterback. So the point being, all of these guys... His last name doesn't have anything to do with that, does it? Well, apparently he's good for it. And and I think the genes so far are saying, yep. <laughs> I mean, Pretty good run. How could you argue? Yeah. How could you argue? I mean, it's kind of like uh, quarterback royalty, if you will. That's as close as you're going to (laughs) get. Even Tom Brady doesn't have that going for him. I mean, he probably offered him a scholarship in kindergarten at Tennessee. We'll we'll just take a flyer. But it speaks to the personality and who are the first guys that get recruited to go into the broadcast booth as soon as they step out. 
For the most Quarterbacks. part. Yeah, particularly your high, you know, your high end. For sure, they're almost automatic. I'm anxious to see if Alex gets it because he's not, you know. Alex is a great guy, sweet guy. Everybody likes him. It seems, but he doesn't have this amazing personality. You know, I think. I, I, you know what? You never. I've never seen him do a whole lot. Yeah, you know, it's, in pretty, the it's pretty. It's pretty dry. He's a nice guy, and uh, well, I, I mean, met him, and I thought I went, yeah, you know, he, he seemed like a very nice guy. Yeah, well, maybe he'll. Uh, It'll be interesting to see which way he goes here. If it's going to be broadcasting, if it's going to be in the coaching, or what's going to happen here. But he's got the world by the tail. and uh, Well, wish and, him luck. Yeah, absolutely. And I am really glad that he made the announcement. I did not want to see any more of this. I didn't want to see because I think— The cat it, and mouse? Yeah, because, John, you always, you, you've always said it about running quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. The rabbit always gets caught. Eventually. And of course, he when, wasn't running. At the when time. the rabbits got a bad wheel, they definitely. Yeah, and that's what you saw last year, when with the comeback. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I got to tell you, 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 and I bet you, in his mind, you, I'd be curious to know his really inner thoughts when that moment happened in time, where it was like, Alex, you're out there. Yeah, you know, where it's like. You know, that's the famous, be careful what you ask for. Yeah. But I got to tell you, he handled it like it's, he handled it like a professional. You can't, you got to take your hat off to him. He did. No question. Rigo, it is, uh, it is Earth Day. You know, we've been, uh, I, I remember. I think I reminded you of that yesterday, but then I'd already forgot it when I woke up this morning. So, uh, and it doesn't feel like Earth Day. You know, it should be warm and touchy. It's cold. I got to go mow my grass, Todd, and I'm going to have to mow it in Long Johns. This is ridiculous. Come grass on, Long Johns. Yeah, come on, April. Cut us some slack here. Can't play. It's, it's cold and windy. It was last night. I was shocked. I mean, it was, I think, 37 degrees over where I live this morning. 37 degrees. Yeah. I mean, just, and I think, and I guess that's out in Kansas, which is typical. I mean, they got a freeze warning out there to, tonight or tomorrow night out in Centralia. John, correct me if I'm wrong. Look at this afterwards. I, I, I don't even know why, but it flashed on my Twitter account today, and there was a forecast in the Midwest, and Centralia and others uh, set a, a record of, that's lasted over 100 years for how cold it got last night or this morning. For this day? Yep. For, this, for like April 22nd? Uh, that's possible. Although, you know what? I swear to God, when I was driving over here, I almost felt like, because there was little stuff hitting my windshield, and I thought, is it snowing? Could I mean, have been. I mean, very, to almost where you couldn't really, I couldn't tell what it was. But I'm thinking, it's chilly enough, you, it definitely could have easily been snowing. Well, uh, Earth Day, I remember in the mid-80s attending Earth Day down on the mall, and it was a very big deal with National Slow, and Tom Cruise was there, and he spoke and about, you know, the world going green and this and that, you know. And so this goes back to 1970. Did they have a stage and all this stuff? Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, mall. It, a whole, with, I mean. Was it like it the was, Lincoln Monument type thing over the, there? It covered the entire mall area. What, with people? With, John, it was like a mini Woodstock. I mean, really? it, yeah, it, it was, fat. I mean, it was the place to be for like two or three 1987? days. 1987? In, in mid-80s. Mid-80s. I'd have been around. And, uh, yeah. So I did a little research, and this one story caught my, uh, caught my eye from NBC News that, uh, so the name Ira Ironhorn, Einhorn, uh, first name. Earth Day, Fairmont Park in Philadelphia, April 22nd, 1970. And, uh, 
so there he claims that he helped found Earth Day. Well, yeah, you kind of you kind of nailed it that the uh, Earth Day co-founder ended up killing his girlfriend and composting her. So he was green. He was green. He did have when he wasn't telling a complete fib, was he? They 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 broke up. And uh, then he told her that he needed, she needed to come back and get her stuff or he was throwing it out. Uh, she came back, got her stuff. She wasn't seen for seven years. Uh, they, they arrested him. He jumped bail, went overseas. Some years later, he got extradited from France back to here. And uh, his, he actually said that uh, he took the stand in his own defense and he claimed that his ex-girlfriend had been killed by CIA agents who framed him for the crime because he too, he knew too much about the agency's paranormal merit military research. So, and, but, uh, so he. Oh, I see. So the girl was sacrificed. Yes. By the CIA, yes. so that they could frame him. Yes. So I. You ain't gonna believe this. My <laughs> wife, Lisa Marie, played the girlfriend in one of those made-for-TV reenactments. Are you serious? I am serious. Because the fact this that is I brought, back I we brought this up and you well, knew it. As soon as I heard the name, I'm saying, I think that's the same guy that Lisa Marie played the victim. Hit the victim in you know when they did the reenactment. She yeah she did. I remember going to Philadelphia because I I think I was down here and picking her up you know and we drove back to New York or whatever. Mm-hmm. How about that? Well, that that's that's kind of a, a that was a real twist Earth, there. Earth, huh? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff yeah, going on. Earth Day lore. So everybody go green. And if you buddy know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'm glad you bring this up because I, I find myself, you know, whatever you can do. You ever? Find, I find myself occasionally, when I was a kid, didn't know any better. You go brush your teeth, turn the water on, let the water run, you brush your teeth, you got the water running, right? That's A lot of people do that. And it's a bad habit, a really bad habit. So I catch myself, and I, I turn it off right away, you know. But it's whatever you can do. Every little bit counts the way I see it, you know, plastic and all that stuff. Plastic. Plastic is something now that, that obviously, you make it, it's almost like we've gotten too smart. And you wonder where it all ends. I mean, in, you know, a thousand years, what, what's going to be out there in a thousand years? How much longer is the run going to last? Well, what's being dumped I don't know. in the ocean huh? is, is just, that's what I'm talking that's about. criminal. When you see some of these, uh, these uh, I don't know if they're third world countries or some of the places where this stuff washes into, you can almost, it's in the water, but it looks like you could walk across the top of it. Yeah. There's so much plastic in there. And some of the stuff they pick up. And I don't know, those barges, I think, still live leave New York City. It's got all the New York City trash in it, and they go out someplace in the Atlantic and cut it loose. I mean, I don't know how far. I know that the, uh, what is that called, the uh, Magellan Current or uh, the Gulf Stream, you know, that's where the canyons are, where the big fish hang out, where all of a sudden you're going along and then there's a big deep dive into the ocean. Maybe it goes down five, 6,000 feet or something. I'm, mm -hmm. going, I'm going, well, I guess, is that where they're going? Are they dumping the stuff in the Mariana Trench, which is, what, seven miles deep or something mm -hmm. like that? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but at some point you got to go. You're gonna, you're gonna. There's gonna be too much poop everywhere, basically. Because plastic, I don't know what the half life of plastic is, but I mean it's in the thousands of years. So it's not. In other words, you've invented something that can't, you can't break it down. Eh, I don't know. Not good. Not good. Everybody, do it. your part. Do your part. All right, Riga. Well, next week we've got the uh, the NFL draft, and I'll be a week from today. What, a are we week. gonna do it? Are we gonna do a 
draft day on Thursday? Oh, you know how we break down film and really get into the nuances and the intricacies of all the up-and-coming players that nobody's ever heard of. Now, was this your 50-year anniversary of you being a first-round draft choice? Yeah, it would be. 1971. You're right. right. Well, we're going to do a special. February February 1971. We're going to contrast and compare you being the sixth overall pick 50 years ago, what that entailed versus today's first round number six, what he's going to be staring at. But unfortunately, he, oh, you're talking about uh, the price of uh, gold? I'm talking about all of it. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to think, though, today, because of the virus, it's not good. It's going to be virtual again, correct? So or are they, there are going to be so many players gathered in yes, what, Cleveland. Is yes, that where in it is? Cleveland, they are they are open to the fans, and uh, they are. I, I I would imagine they're bringing in all the first rounders. So Thursday is for the first round, Friday the, and Saturday. And for the, so there'll be for some the of those of that won't make it, and there'll be exactly. others that are in the first round that they didn't anticipate. It'll be uh, so that they'll have a nice group together there. Exactly, the commissioner will be there. That's right. You know, it's kind of appropriate when you think about it that, you know, the commissioner will be wearing a mask. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, we'll see everybody next week. Rigo out. <laughs>